Well, hello, my friends. It is Donna. It is D, T with D, on another vlog. So today is why public speaking training is a waste of your time. What? I know. You might at first be scandalized by that little title, but possible reasons are that A, the received wisdom of the Western world is that public speaking and the concomitant training, training that goes with it is good and desirable and necessary. And B, you know a bit about my background and you wonder if I've flipped my lid. So where does this come from? this bold statement, okay? So fairly recently, I came across an old article on Forbes.com called Confessions of a Former Public Speaking Trainer, Don't Waste Your Money. And it's, the link is in the, the text, so check it out um, if you wanna read it, okay? So at first I balked at this. And as I read through Christy Hedges' piece, and there's a link to, to her info down in the text as well, as I was reading through, I particularly disliked the sentence that goes, but you could have nearly the same information and save thousands of dollars from reading a presentation skills book on your own and taping yourself with a webcam. So I've recently published pieces. So for instance, Gift of the Gab, the link is below and How to Own the Room, link below. So I've, these pieces are on the challenges of using books alone as a tool for learning to speak. So while I do agree with the utility of recording yourself as a tool for analysis and review, and I actually published a piece on that just last week, Okay, I do not think that having a book open and then recording yourself and then matching, right, the two together is particularly helpful. And my reason is, is really straightforward. Most books aren't written in a way that they both educate and support would-be learners with the explanations and the exercises, not to mention the benchmarks, that a person would potentially need to or use in their application. And frankly, I hate to break it to you, but most people's listening and observation skills aren't really up to task. So, and, and then further, the anxiety of, am I doing it right, can undermine any gains you might make. But D, you say, just last week you were advocating using recordings. Yes. Yes, I was. Notice, however, that my suggestion was not for the purpose of marking yourself against anything. My advice was born of the experience that people do not have a comfortable relationship with their voices and that the version of exposure therapy that listening to a recording of yourself offers is useful in connecting your vocal reality with your vocal identity. I also suggested, suggested that if you noticed things you wanted to change, you could work with this type of platform to provide yourself with the observation and feedback required to manage that deeper learning. I did not offer a list of what to do. So Hedges in this article goes on to say that 
<clears throat> again, a quote, speaker training is helpful if you want to be a professional speaker. I nearly choked on that one. So what she was saying was, unless you're going to be a professional speaker, you get paid to speak, right? Speeches on stages. That unless you're doing that, speaker training isn't helpful. So like I said, I nearly choked on that one. But then I read a bit further where she says, you're not training to be perfect orators who can mesmerize a room. You're trying to develop presence to connect with and inspire others, to build trust and credibility, to be clear and energetic, not from uh, perfect robotic gestures and words with lyrical cadence, okay? So then I got it. So I don't mean that I had this epiphany about the profundity of her statement. I didn't go, oh my goodness, where have you been my whole life? Oh, no. I mean, I finally grasped her frame of reference. So what I realized. So in that moment that Miss Hedges, like I realized in that moment that Miss Hedges and I have a fundamentally different understanding of what is meant by public speaking training. In fairness to her, I'd venture that many, if not most people do think of public speaking training from her perspective. So that what is this perspective? So Miss Hedges is referring to the idea that public speaking is formulaic. That is, there is a right way and a wrong way and that anything you are taught and manage to learn and apply will be artificial, inauthentic, and in the end, forgettable. And she's right. I, I'm gonna make up a number here, but you'll see how strongly I'm trying to represent this. So I'll say 98% of public speaking coaches or trainers do exactly this, provide a structured model where there are do's and don'ts, and you simply overlay these elements on your speaking task. Doing a pitch, do this. Giving a TED talk, do that. Interviewing for a job, here's the correct approach. Speaking to your no to your new team, don't do that. Basically, it's like a, a primer checklist with a human coach trainer attached. So you get the idea. So if a speaker, whether they're a, the leader or not, can manage to remember all these things whilst also juggling the balls of their content messaging, really connecting with their audience, which you do by observation and listening and feeling, and managing any anxiety, then damn. And I have to give a shout out to the connection between effort, learning, and payout. Lots of people undertake public speaking training, whether it's a class or a high-end executive coach or something in between. And yes, that training is formulaic. But the problem before any of the formula complaints is that there isn't any real commitment to change. That is so huge. That is everything that I am about. So coaches and trainers aren't, I am sad to say, Magicians. Many people think they want to change or to learn something new, but they don't. Not really. 
the effort doesn't seem worth the reward, especially when it's attached to something someone else says is best. Like we're like children, to be honest, right? We're just big children with mortgages. So you, you must be ready to change and you must find someone who is just as gifted, talented, and skilled at transformation as they are technique. So as a coach or a teacher, okay? So the truth is that that's simply not what happens most times. Most times you get someone who is either a mindset coach or a public speaking technician. So when you undertake training that is only mindset focused, you may well have reduced anxiety, increased confidence, increased audience connection and engagement, all good things. But if you still don't know how to connect your face and voice and body and emotions and eyes and words and energy, your message may be sacrificed. A good chance, in fact, because this is, you know, and it's especially true if you think that talking confidently equals messaging clearly. Miss Hedges makes the argument that you already know how to do this. And if you do it when you're sort of relaxed and you can do it when you're enhanced in a sort of presence-based, like now I'm confidence-based, mm, it's actually not that straightforward or that simple. For a small number of people, yes, they just need the confidence and the mindset switch. But most people need a little more support. And we'll talk about what that is here in a moment. But when you undertake public speaking training that is task-based and technique heavy, you're never going to be a great speaker either. You may be great at coordinating gestures and inflecting your voice, your voice and strategically pausing, but you mostly come off as an automaton. You might even find you're worse than when you began. So have you ever watched some of the Toastmasters presenters? I applaud the concept, but I don't admire the execution in many cases. So then why do people hire public speaking trainers or take public speaking classes? So it's pretty clear that people enroll in or are higher support because of a perceived need. So the need is usually governed by something marketers call a pain point, something that causes a problem. The theory is that when that pain point becomes persistent and overwhelms your defenses, you will act. So by this theory, enrolling or hiring is a response to that pain point. What pain point, you rightly ask? So in my experience, there's a fairly wide set of potentials, including, and this is not exhaustive, but including the big three are public speaking anxiety, so fear of public speaking, so public skill, a perceived skills deficit, right? You simply don't know how to do something. Find the right words, speak loud enough, gesture, whatever. Or pr pressure from external sources, for instance, work-related. So by pursuing some sort of educational assistance, the idea is that the pain point will be soothed or even cured. So according to Hedges, the, cur the cure is worse than the disease because the medicine is more band-aid than bone setting. 
So not long after taking the cure, the disease returns and the patient is once again seeking treatment to, to carry this metaphor all the way through. So if this is the case, then why do people continue to enroll in courses, buy books, hire coaches, watch YouTube videos, and so on? This is like a multi-million, if not billion dollar industry, okay? Are we just overly hopeful? Are the teachers or coaches or presenters not helpful? Like what's going on? So this takes us right back to Hedge's perspective. It's a waste of money. Although I must take exception, a little sidebar here, that um, to the suggestion. So I'm taking exception to the suggestion that you just get a book and use it. So she says that while at the same time poo-pooing the use of such prescriptive resources. So get a book and use it, but books telling you what to do aren't a good resource. So I think that might have something to do with her promoting her book, but that's just kind of my, that's a guess, right? And this, this article was written quite a while ago. So as mentioned earlier, I, I do believe she's right. If you define public speaking, training, or coaching as a do this, don't do that enterprise, because in that case, the only way this type of learning will well and truly stick um, is if you get a hold of your learners at a very young age, right? So you're training people from the word go. So for instance, in my many years of working with youth, I frequently started work with my students at five years old, seriously. And they would continue to train with me for five to 12 years. So the speakers that come out of that process are truly world-class. It is part of who they are. But I hear you shrieking, that's prescriptive. You're telling these youngsters what to do. You're molding their speaking personalities for a lifetime. Cue the righteous indignation. And you'd be absolutely right if that's how I actually did the work. Happily for the children, and for you, that is not how I work. My particular approach builds confidence and competence, creativity, ownership, and originality. And all while helping the learner discover and use their own unique style of speaking. So important. So interestingly, this is how I've always done the work for over nearly 30 years. And frankly, it was in the early days, a found approach. I didn't know any better. So I simply did what seemed to make the most sense. And as the years have passed and the depth and breadth of my training and experience and expertise has been built and honed, and there is a lot of it, I've taken what is useful to those that I coach and train, always considering what is best to serve the unique developmental needs and speaking styles of those I work with, whether they're five years old or 55 years old or 75 years old or whatever. So could I, as a trainer and a coach, simply replicate my style? Sure, definitely. And there are many, many trainers that do exactly that. And if I, if I replicated my style with you, you'd be damn good. But, but, you wouldn't be you. You'd know it, I'd know it, and your audience would, at a minimum, sense it. You'd always look to me for the answers to how to do it right instead of looking within yourself 
for your own answers that serve your own wants, needs, expectations, hopes, strengths, challenges, whatever you get or what you get after whatever period of time I work with the person is a person who is grounded, authentic, totally comfortable and in control of themselves and their message, no matter the situation. Imagine having that when you're 13. I know it would have been amazing, right? These kids that I'm referring to are amazing, but you're not five or 12 or 19 or any of those relatively formative ages, are you? Does that mean there's no hope for you? Far, far from it. It does mean, however, that there is different hope for you. One based on mindset, commitment, and the desire to truly connect you and your message to your listeners. So if you're serious about finding your voice, becoming a fabulous communicator, speaker, presenter, all of that, here's what to do. Or subtitle, how to hire a coach and or trainer. So we've agreed, at least I've agreed that we've agreed, um, that I agree with Christian principle. So public speaking formulas are a waste of your time and money. As our trainers that operate in a rule-bound model, though I'm sure they're lovely people, where we don't agree is in the usefulness of public speaking training. Because she uses public speaking training to be synonymous with a right-wrong model, she paints all those offering public speaking training with the same brush. The hell no, waste of time brush. Um, and waste of money brush. And if all public speaking trainers and coaches were operating from the same theoretical and practical foundation, I would agree. However, we've established that there is a small percentage that work in the space between just the presence, authenticity space, and the prescriptive public speaking space. So, I have a whiteboard here. Oh, aren't you lucky you get to see my whiteboard? Not everybody gets to see the whiteboard. So what we have, let's see here. Can we see this? So for those of you that cannot and are just listening. So on the right-hand side, we have presence and authenticity coaching. And then there's like a continuum. And on the far left-hand side, you have public speaking training. Um. So the traditional, and I think this is filming in reverse. So that's super awesome. But the picture is in the blog and I'm explaining it too. So what we want is something in the middle. We want to find a solution that helps you find and be your best authentic speaking self. So that's a combination of mindset and awareness and skill, right? So you want to be in that middle space between those various elements, not all the way on one side or all the way on the other side. So, um, because that, that middle space is where you find um, the magic, okay? Of authentic, powerful, original, and natural speaking. And why is that? Because it will be you built up in confidence, connection, and creativity, coupled with whichever technical bits you need to adjust to make the most of your own speaking style and voice. So here's what to look for, okay? So I have 
five things that you want to um, explore when you're looking for the right match. So first, does the program allow for your own unique style development? Be careful on this because most coaches or trainers will tell you it does. So ask for examples. Number two, will you be supported with the technical skills relevant to your unique needs? Again, ask for examples. Don't look for something that covers everything. You don't need everything. So number three, are the ways and means of learning respectful to your needs and preferences? And is the work based in real in the real world? Again, examples, examples. Number four, does the trainer coach have, have training, credentials, qualifications, proof that they can and should be occupying this space with you and taking your money and influencing your perception of self? Here's something you need to know. Coaching and training and public speaking, so coaching generally and training and public speaking are unregulated industries. Anyone, anyone can hang out their shingle and say they are a coach or a public speaking trainer. Do not believe what they tell you or put on their website for marketing. Don't just believe that. Look for the accreditations, the educational credentials, et cetera, that point towards their commitment and their capabilities. Just because they fancy themselves a good coach because their friends have told them they give good advice. By the way, coaches don't give advice. And, or they think that, you know, people have said, well, you're a really good public speaker. That doesn't mean that you're in a position to guide others. Okay. So be cautious. And number five, finally, do they listen to you? Do they understand you? So these five areas of inquiry, inquiry bleh, will go a long way towards finding an approach and a person who will help you become your most amazing, authentic speaking self while also helping you unpack your thoughts, beliefs, stories, etc., cetera, your, your mindset around public speaking and communication. They, they're not separate, guys. They have to go together. So the next time you hear someone poo-poo a public speaking program or a coach, listen carefully, ask some questions, think your own thoughts. It will serve you well.